0: This is winging it, the somewhat whimsical, certainly worrying, decidedly wonky, seldom weighty, endlessly well-intentioned and wildly witty show about music where one knows what's coming and the other doesn't. And this particular show happens in between both proper to ensure you can spend anywhere from 15 to about 180 minutes with us every week. So I have got a little bit of time off, I want to say. I got a little time off of doing winging it, and i thought well i'll do winging it it's been a while and i didn't want anyone to miss me i mean they could potentially miss me a little bit probably not but they could so i thought well shit i should get back on the uh, horse if it as it were right back on the old
1: horse yeah i mean you don't need to be dependent on bones i throw you
0: Yeah, I I don't... Are they bones?
1: They're bones, Are they?
0: I feel feel like they're small... That was a big
1: bone. Was it? Okay.
0: Well, I'm looking forward to more bones. And um, today we're going to talk about something that is right in the area that you enjoy, that you've kind of been circling and enjoying and diving in, toe in, toe out, toe in, toe out, so Mm. we're going to kind of continue.
1: That's intriguing.
0: Yes. Some songs... That became more popular than the movies they were even made for. <laughs> so how mu- how bad does that suck? So it can be a good idea, mm. obviously, to write a song for a movie, um, and a lot of people do it, and it's very lucrative. But what if that song written for that movie is more popular than that movie? That's got to sting a little, mm. I'd imagine. I mean, that would that would piss me off mm. seriously. So, let's take a look at this. So, if the movie comes first, it makes sense that in order for it to be more memorable, that, that it would be more memorable rather than any song written for it. So, let's say, for example, Titanic and My Heart Will Go On, mm-hmm. right? Right. That makes sense. Both wildly, wildly successful movie, wildly successful song. Incredibly. Makes perfect, perfect sense, right? Perfect? How about Perfect. perfect? Perfect sense. So let's take a look at this. So one of the songs that eclipsed the movie, and many may have not even seen the movie, which is what kind of kills me. Did you see Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves?
1: Yeah, I think I did. I think it's Alan Rickman in it, maybe, and yep. Kevin Costner. Yes, uh, yeah, I was in the theater. It was a theater brat around that time, so I think I saw it. But it isn't memorable. What I really don't remember is a song from it, or at least I don't associate it like
0: Everything that. Everything I do. Oh, Brian I Adams, do it fully, Mr. Mr. You. Mr.
1: Movie Song himself. You That's know? right. Him and Phil Collins, man, these guys had a real industry going <laughs> there.
0: <laughs> so obviously, Robin Hood. I mean, it was fine. Uh, It might have been expected to be like this huge movie. It's a live action, big budget take on the iconic character, blah, blah, blah. And obviously, Alan Rickman's take on Sheriff of Nottingham is probably the strongest element of the entire movie, which I absolutely feel it absolutely is. But more than anything... (laughs)
1: That song. song. Yeah, yeah.
0: That song has far surpassed that movie in any way. So, so
1: Diane Warren then basically <laughs> <laughs> Who wrote it? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs>
0: I assume it's Brian Adams, but yeah, it's the kind did, yeah. of song that most likely you've heard it could be surprised that it was even written for a movie. Like you may not have even thought that because it didn't doesn't connect. Like My Heart Will Go On is Titanic,
1: oh, Yeah, right? yeah. I, I, there's another one I expect to be on this list too. Okay, yep, well, yep.
0: I we'll see if it actually comes up yep. later. This particular song, Everything I Do, I Do It For You, is among the best-selling singles
1: of the 1990s, is while the really? film
0: itself wow. can't claim to be nearly as popular, at no. least not nowadays.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's not... I don't remember the last time someone told me they watched it, or, you know, no. or, or, it's kind of a... What I think the problem with it was, I, maybe I'm confused, but I don't remember it very well, but I think... Some dark doesn't work for some things. We take like that movie, that the equivalent of Robin Hood, over only over across the pond, is like Rob Roy, uh, that Liam Neeson and Rob Roy. It was just it was just too dark to be fun, and I, I think Robin Hood might have been the same, but I don't remember it. I think
0: it. You're right. I think it did have some of those elements, but I thought it was a little schlocky. I thought it was overdone. It so was the bad overly... guy didn't
1: rape his wife or, <laughs> or some shit like that. I hate that kind of it stuff. Was... You know
0: overly dramatic, overly sappy. It was just, it may have even been overacted. You know what I mean? So I just, I I don't have good memories not, of it. I not saw Alan Rickman.
1: No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I think more of the Costner and I love Kevin Costner, but I just, it was a weird role. I think it's a weird role. So I don't know, but I definitely, what, I know that it's from that movie. Why? Mm-hmm. I don't remember it from watching the movie. It's because of the The video. Of course, they're going to show
1: clips from the movie. That's exactly
0: right. So I'm like, oh, it's from that movie, but I didn't make the connection. But that song used to just bring me to tears. I wanted somebody Uh, to feel that way about me and to sing that, right? So, uh, sappy uh, little
1: girl. I come to tears when I think of the late Alan Rickman and
0: uh, his
1: iconic line, shoot the glass. There (laughs) it is.
0: So another one, I'm cringing, is Knocking on Heaven's Door, Bob Dylan. Um, So, this is from, obviously, Pat Garrett and And Billy Billy the the Kid, Kid, 1973. So, Sam Peckinpah was a groundbreaking director, absolutely, and his films held up well, like The Wild Bunch and The Steve McQueen Vehicle, The Getaway, I thought you might know that one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, some of his other works, like Billy the Kid, criminally underrated, I think. Uh, So, Bob Dylan's song, Knocking on Heaven's Door, fared much better. Obviously then the movie, I've never even heard of that movie, so that tells you something. I had no idea. He wrote it for the film mm-hmm. and also acted in it in a supporting role.
1: Yeah, I believe he plays a character named Alias, right? I've never seen the film, but I know the story. Yeah. I know he was in it and I know he wrote the song. And hi, hi, hi. That's all I can it's say just <laughs> it shouldn't be covered, you know.
0: Everyone else was unfairly overlooked for the efforts in making this great Western, but thankfully, you know, people are now kind of diving back into the old westerns, right? It's kind of making a resurgence. But still, that movie is not nearly as popular as that song. Clearly, everyone knows the song. I never heard of the movie, so no no relationship to it all, and it was written for that movie.
1: No, I knew that, but the funny thing is, I now I'm dying to, I never was before, but now I'm dying to see the context. How is the song used? Is it used in me you know, scenes with actors and everything? Because it really sounds like, you know, Mama, take this badge from me. I can't use it anymore. You know, put my guns in the ground. You know, I can't shoot them anymore. I'd love to see where that fits in the film, or is it just some credits thing? I hope see, it's in the film.
0: It could be the credits thing, but if you think about, and I hate to keep you know, hearkening back to it, but though my heart will go on. They used, without the vocals, they used it throughout the entire
1: film. Oh, you got it, yeah. scene, so something theme. like Play that, yeah. throughout the, throughout the movie. Just
0: hearken back every now and again throughout the movie, so yeah. So, New York, New York, covered by Frank Sinatra from the film New York, New York. With in Robert De Niro and Liza Minnelli? So... An unusual film within Scorsese's filmography, New York, New York, is a romance musical uh, that depicts the turbulent relationship between a saxophonist and a young singer in the years following the end of World War II. So the song New York, New York was originally written for the film and sung by its star, Liza Minnelli. I didn't know that. Right? No idea.
1: No idea. No.
0: Right? So I didn't know it was written for a film. And I
1: saw the movie, too.
0: See, I've never seen the movie. Okay. However, a few years after the film's release, the song was covered by Frank Sinatra and obviously became one of his biggest hits. I love the way he sings that. Mm-hmm. And many would be uh, very surprised to find out that his version was a cover, which I was shocked when I found out. Oh, no. And how much more popular the song is than the movie ever was. And it's a Scorsese or, or film. Is re-
1: now... F- a number of big shocks here. One, I didn't know it was a Scorsese movie. Oh, really? At all, Scorsese? No, I had no idea he did that movie. He's done a lot of stuff, but I most of his stuff is like you know gangsters and stuff like that, and some are good, but I'm not really. like a- He's like brilliant. A, yeah, I, he is brilliant, but I don't I watch a lot of his stuff. But, but uh, maybe
0: now you will because you're 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 there's some balls really growing. You've yeah, got some, I,
1: I'm I'm definitely much less of a pussy now. Yeah, and, so. Um, I uh, and I recently discovered a masterpiece of his called Shutter Island so ah, um, oh, yes I've heard of but, that oh, now from brilliant. you Yeah, I did not uh, know he did New York, New York I didn't know she did the song in the movie well I figured somebody would have to have done the song in the movie and I hope it wasn't De Niro but because uh, I don't remember it It was the 70s you know how you say the 70s never ended they didn't but there's really a long time ago too <laughs> like I don't remember this movie at all
0: right but
1: uh, I didn't know it was a cover yeah. I thought that was the that was the OG you know yeah so fascinating stuff still waiting on that other one well We'll
0: see. So, I ha- I mean, it would not be the kind of, like, little countdown it is right now if we didn't include an Elvis Presley movie. Can't Help Falling in Love by Elvis Presley for Blue Hawaii, 1961. Wow. When it comes to Presley, it's fair to say that many of his songs have endured more than most of his, his movies. Well, his movies are lame. I'm sorry. They suck ass. While he had a, a prolific career as an actor because he was good-looking, okay, he's still best known for his music, and that goes for Blue Who Eyes, can't help falling in love with you, right. So it's instantly recognizable. I had no idea it was written for a movie, no idea. It's a love song that most have heard or have at least heard referenced or covered by other musicians. Everyone's covered this song. Yeah. So the number of people who have actually seen the movie it was written for is really, really low.
1: Yeah, it, well, it's, well, first of all, it's a karaoke favorite of mine, you know. <laughs> but, um, I, I saw that movie for the first time, uh, a couple months ago. For the first time in my entire life, I saw that movie. It really isn't bad, but his movies are kind of I like. Mean-
0: Talk about uh, schlumpy. If they campy. didn't have
1: a bunch of songs in him, I think he, maybe he did one that was just drama, right? I think one yeah. maybe, but um, mostly it was just a, a, a vehicles for a bunch of songs. You know, right? And
0: I, I'm so, sorry, he's not. He was not a great actor.
1: No, he wasn't a great actor. But so. I, I rather enjoyed Blue Hawaii. But he I'm was, not. I'm not into having an Elvis marathon or anything. But I did enjoy it, and it I probably was, would enjoy another one someday. <laughs> but. Um, No, his songs, of course, are always going to completely eclipse the movies.
0: But did you know it was even written for that movie? Um, I mean, you may have known it appeared in it, but it was written for that movie. No, not written for it. That's the stuff that just, like, whoa. Because a
1: lot of the songs that are written for the movies are these, you know, campy little things about, you know, baking clams and shit, (laughs) you know. (laughs) (laughs) Those clam bakes, yes. You know, Ito eats like teeth are out of style, you know, that kind of stuff. That kind of stuff.
0: Well, this one may not surprise you, though. I don't know that you necessarily make a connection, and I know what you're going to say, and try to restrain yourself. Mm -hmm. We'll see if you can. Gangsta's Paradise by Coolio is from Dangerous Minds 1995, and Dangerous Minds is fairly obscure. Now, I loved that movie. I thought it was super amazing at the time that I watched it and super powerful, but I did not know that that song was written for that movie. The only way I knew, how did I know? videos, the video for that song, and I was like, why is Michelle Pfeiffer in this video?
1: So MTV served an earthly purpose, then. I
0: guess it did. (laughs) So, I mean, Michelle Pfeiffer, obviously a huge A-list star at Mm -hmm. that time, and she was super relevant, but you know, it's very weird. It's not a film that's really endured to this day, sadly, even though it's really powerful. It's a little hokey, Um, but the song Gangsta's Paradise has certainly endured as a 1990s classic, and Rest in peace, Julio. But his most widely recognized song, for sure. But again, the film, the film's popularity paled in comparison to that song that was a huge hit.
1: You see, now I somehow never saw that picture. I know Michelle Pfeiffer's in it. In fact, I know uh, I read, I was reading an interview with her, and she said that she was upset that they called it Dangerous Minds because it was based on a book called My Posse Don't Do Homework or My Posse yeah. Doesn't Do Homework or something like that. And uh, that's what she thought it should be called. So I said, no, it'll sound more, you know, dangerous if we call it Dangerous Minds. You know, we want to make it sound, like, really edgy. Uh, and it so,
0: was really edgy. So yeah, I think I, Dangerous
1: Minds is so appropriate. Well, with well, a song like that, you can tell it's going to be edgier than uh, the other, another school classic, like To Sir With Love, which also has a song. It's, like, it's definitely edgier than that, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah,
0: it was really edgy. I mean, you know, the, the whole premise was, you know... Uh, a Caucasian teacher in a high school that's primarily with Latinos and African-American kids. And she has to teach people who come from different backgrounds than her, right? She has a, you know, and has to find ways to connect with them. And she sees horrible things happen to them. And so I like the the title. It's interesting that you say that because I like the title because it's like your mind can be dangerous if you don't use it. Your mind can be dangerous if you use it. So I feel like it works really well. So I'm glad they didn't call it my posse. What, what whatever, whatever. Yeah, whatever. yeah. It just and it, it's it it is dangerous. It's a it's a hard to watch film. It's there's some sad stuff in this film. But the song, I didn't know the song was in it. I didn't know that the song was written for that. I would have no idea. But again, MTV taught me. <laughs>
1: and just knowing that, I, I know it's a it's a tougher film than yeah. like to serve with a But I for am sure. a sucker for. I am a sucker as well. Of course, I have been a teacher for many years. I'm not now, but I was. And uh, aren't, something, you? Something aren't you? Aren't you still wanted, a teacher? Uh, I mean, not really. I think you know, we all are. I mean, yeah. unless you count the show. You know, am I educating the uh, the folks? Yes. But um. Uh, we have and ha- we ha- are and have been teachers, and when I was a kid, I, I, I said it on another show, that's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be an English teacher. Yeah. So teaching is something that's always been a thing to me, and I, I'm a sucker for a good teacher movie.
0: It's really great to watch the breakthroughs like stand and happen. Deliver. Oh know, my God. You know. Uh, that's an amazing
1: movie. To start with Love, and there's another one that I've seen, not Dangerous Minds, but it's another oh one that I, that I can't think of. Is there's it, a bunch of them. Is,
0: there one, is it one with, what's his head in it? Um, oh God, we love him. Um Morgan Freeman because that one's amazing. I got to I'll, I'll tell you what that one is. That one's Oh, the reading room? No. No. Yeah. No, no. I'll have to figure it out, but there's some really good teacher movies and it's it's good. It's a good movie. It's not a great movie, but it's a good movie.
1: There you go. That's so, That's all I ask. I'm yeah. Easy to please, you know? <laughs> It's
0: good. Um and then Call Me by Blondie. Oh,
1: American Gigolo. Right, yep. 1980.
0: So obviously <laughs> And this is from collider.com. Thank you for allowing us to use your amazing list, but I like what they say here, so I'm going to read it verbatim and not make it sound like me, because I, at the risk of being too blunt, call me by Blondie is too good for American Gigolo. I disagree with that, because I think, because of where it's placed in the film, yeah. it's absolute perfection. I think it sets the film up. It sets it up to be kind of a, I don't know, kind of a, a flirty, sexy, kind of... Um, I don't know, suspenseful sort of a movie, and I think it is. I I think it's perfect. It's just playful enough, but it's just serious enough. It's just... You know, all that kind of stuff. So I think it's perfect for the movie, but I think it's interesting.
1: Is it used in a club scene? Because I've never seen nope. this movie. It's not used in a club scene? No.
0: Nope. It sets the tone for the movie. Well, it's a
1: perfect club song anyway. You know? No,
0: it's not in the club. And that's what I like about it, is it's not used in a way you would think it would be used. Wow. So it's really great. Now it's... I'm really
1: intrigued to see how that fits in and how Knocking on Heaven's Door fits in.
0: Yeah, you got to see this because it's it's he's driving and it's call me while he's driving. It's just super, oh, wow. and he's so incredibly beautiful in this movie and he's so young and he's dressed to the nines in a suit a man in a suit will just kill any woman anytime oh, he's an any place too. yeah so um i think it's interesting but i didn't know call me was written for american gigolo this is I the did, stuff that yeah. kills me i
1: think i did that one i knew
0: so the film soundtrack ends up being you know filled with the song it, it Plays constantly throughout the film. I mean, it's over and over and over again, which I like that. I really like that. that. And so there's even instrumental versions, like I said, right, where you're not hearing the vocals, but it's kind of coming back and it reminds you.
1: And it was Giorgio Moroder, I think. Yes, that's right. Yes.
0: Yep, he tweaked the remix and the classic song to fit the scenes that they accompany. So he messed with it. So I had no idea that Blondie wrote that song for that film. I would never have known that. I knew that they used the song in the film, but I had no idea it was written for it. So when I saw this list, I, would just, I was agape, I will say. So Cat People, Putting Out Fire oh, yeah. by David Bowie from the movie Cat, Cat People, People, 1982. Wait a minute.
1: You're trying to tell me that Cat People was written for Cat People? Is I just weird? don't believe that. Is that weird? Or did they write the movie for the song? You I know mean, what? You they know.
0: should have called it Feline Minds.
1: Feline Minds. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it, the minds front you, and right, center. Keep you know? it exactly very cerebral things, cats. Nineteen
0: eighty-two, um, yeah. cat people. So you know what it is, though it's a remake.
1: Yeah, it's a. That's just it. It was uh, so the my theory about the film being written for the song goes out the window because it was a remake of a much much older movie. Absolutely. This one I recall starring Nastasha Kinsky and Malcolm McDowell. Am I well, right?
0: Very nice. Yes. So it's a horror film about a woman who has a fear of turning into a giant cat. A
1: pretty well-justified fear of turning into a giant cat, yeah.
0: So, uh, yeah. So I guess, according to them, it's not a bad movie. It sounds terrible to me, but it spawned an iconic song that's overtaken the film, obviously, in terms of popularity. I'm sorry. It's kind of, you know, I will say that David Bowie wrote a million songs for Labyrinth. Mm. And I think that they go well together. So you don't go, "Oh, he wrote that song for Lemith." You go, "Oh, of course he did. It's perfect. It is a David Bowie movie. movie he's song. in it." Yeah, yeah. You know, so but I think his music typically takes on a life of its own. So even if it's a song written for a movie, unless that movie is like a labyrinth sort of thing, it's going to he's going to completely and totally eclipse that movie with the popularity of his song.
1: And as I mentioned on another show, that song was used in Uh, the film Atomic Blonde uh, as being emblematic of the 80s. It was one of the ones they picked. It was a classic soundtrack that we talked about. But yep, it was in that too. So, Cat People, hell yeah.
0: So, yeah, and uh, what I was going to share is it received extra attention recently for being used in Quentin Tarantino's Inglorious Bastards, which was, it was well used in that movie as well, and that is a really hard to watch movie for me. Um, But again, it is a certified banger It's amazing. So of course, when you think of cat people, you're thinking that's a kick-ass song. You're not necessarily thinking or at all thinking about the nineteen eighty two movie. There's a couple of honorable mentions which I'll throw out there that you may or may not know, but Together in Electric Dreams by Giorgio Moroder and Philip Oakley was in this the movie Electric Dreams in nineteen eighty four. I don't know that song. Maybe somebody else out there does. And then Going Home, the theme from Local Hero by Mark Knopfler, Local Hero, 1983. So those are a couple other ones that were written for films, but they surpassed the popularity of the film, which as the filmmaker, I think that would be terrible. I would hate that. has got to kind of suck, you know. I mean, but we know the power of music. So you know that that could happen you hope that it doesn't happen but you know that it could
1: and and sometimes it doesn't mean your film isn't good sometimes people just don't appreciate a good there'll be there are a lot of very great movies out there that just nobody seems to get right and And that don't become popular but the song yeah the song is just i mean that can transcend that very easily and people say oh i like the song but i'm just not gonna even watch the movie you know
0: right or even you or i guess as was my experience you didn't even know it was in a movie or was written for a movie so you see an mtv and then you're like what the hell why is so and so in this? Why am I seeing clips of something? Oh, how weird! I, you know, then you know it is, and that's on the soundtrack for that movie. But otherwise, I would not know.
1: I, I learned a lot about a lot of songs being in movies by watching videos back when I used that's to watch right. videos. That's exactly. I'm still right. over here struggling with the idea that. Um uh Cat People is used in a film the uh, the events of which uh take place in the 1940s. Yes. Uh that sounds that's worse than uh Dirty Dancing, you know.
0: Well, I think the thing is is it it has that moodiness, it has that feeling that really captures what he was going for and Tarantino's always going to do that. He's always going to mix stuff together that that messes with your mind and that makes you think or that frames things in a very strange way. That's one of the things I love about him. I think he's brilliant. So, I really only like that kind of stuff when I'm seeing, again, a Tarantino movie because I feel like he uses things accurately in a, in a very good way that does challenge the, the, the person.
1: He knows how to sell bonkers, basically.
0: So I, I do encourage people to watch the film because you get to see his genius, not only his writing genius, but then his cinematic genius together with amazing actors. But it is hard to watch. I did watch it, but it's hard to watch because it's very real. Just like any war film, is hard to watch if they're very depicted in a real way. You is know? that
1: is that the one? You know, he's in a lot of them. Is he in that one? Because I don't he, remember. He Brad Pitt's, of, Pitt's in it. Yeah, he, you know, yeah, well, Brad Pitt's a star. The, the, yeah. yeah, it's it's And Christoph lot. Waltz, Christoph Waltz.
0: So it's it's amazing. Again, hard to watch, but for the right reasons. So I'd say watch it. I don't know. I thought that was an interesting topic that kind of continued and kind of riffed off the stuff you've been covering. Okay,
1: here's one you might know I've had. The one I was thinking of did not appear on the list. Uh, you had some honorable mentions. Well, I thought uh, Take a Look at Me Now, Against All Odds, was going to be in there because uh, because I think it's better known and uh, more enduring and has kind of superseded the success of the movie, right? You know the one, Take a Look at Me Now. I do know the
0: song, but I, I don't think I ever watched the movie, so I have no idea. That's but just yeah, it. it. The, the song is the... more
1: famous than the movie. That's what I'm saying. And well, I think it was written for the movie.
0: But I, I don't know if it was, but I definitely saw the videos with the movie. Yeah, and it did yeah. not inspire me to want so to watch the movie. No,
1: exactly. So it's a case. It's a case like we were talking about. The song yeah. bigger than the movie. I just don't know if it was written for that. I believe it was though. Phil Collins. It's like Brian Adams. It's one of those things. Hmm. I the, have the no movie, idea. The movie song, The movie theme. Kings.
0: I guess we'll find out um, if somebody calls us out on whether or not that was wrong or right because I have no idea. I have no proof, but it does sound likely. And uh, so yeah, that did not appear on the list. That is kind of shocking. But anyway, I hope you enjoyed this little, this little trip down uh, this uh, songs bigger than movies thing. That's Again, that's got to hurt. It's got to hurt.
1: There's only so many ways you can tie music to movies, but I'm willing to explore everyone because I love movies. <laughs> I'm a movie fanatic. You
0: know? Yes, I know. He loves his movies. And I love movies too, but not as much as this man. <laughs> All right. Well, now that we've exhausted that topic, though fun and entertaining, I guess that only leaves for you to say...
1: Let's fly this coop. This has been Winging It, a presentation of Birds of a Feather, on What the Flock Radio.